Welcome back to Marriage Monday. Thanks so much for joining with me. My name is Dave Berenger, and this is my podcast to help you build your marriage one Monday at a time. Today, I want to talk about jumping to conclusions. Now, I said it kind of slow because I want you to begin to think about it, and I'm wondering, I'm going to jump to, to a conclusion here. I'm wondering if what you are thinking about immediately is not you jumping to conclusions, but your spouse jumping to some sort of conclusion. Am I right? I mean, let's be real. All of us, both husbands and wives, we all jump to conclusions. It could be something that you asked to be done while you are away at work. It could be some task that you asked to be accomplished on a weekend. Uh, maybe you're going away with friends and you're just saying, hey, could you do this with the kids? Could this get done in the house? Whatever it might be, uh, you have this idea of what's being asked and you're expecting it to be done. Then you come home and you see something is undone or perhaps it hasn't even been attempted or started and immediately your brain goes into storylines. And uh, man, you need to look that up sometime. Our brain loves storylines. In fact, our brains demand narratives. If we see a missing gap uh, where there's a lack of information, our brains demand that that gap be filled in. And we start drawing conclusions. We start writing our own little narratives. We write like little plays in our head and we will fixate on those. And the problem is, is a majority of the, of the time, it seems that we don't go into any type of positive narratives. If we gave our spouse a task and said, could you just take care of this while I'm gone? And you come back and that's not been done. We'd never go into the mode that says, wow, our spouse must've got overwhelmed today or something else might have come up. Something else must have gotten their attention. An emergency took place. I need to find that out. None of us go to that. We go to the opposite. We get enraged. We get frustrated. We take it personal. Why didn't they take care of X and Y while I was doing Z? We never go there. Why don't we do that? Because we are addicted to conclusions. We are addicted to storylines and developing things rather than getting all of the proper information that are coming, that's supposed to be coming our way. So I want to talk to you about developing good conclusions rather than jumping to them. How do we do that? How do we get ourselves in a better place so that we're not jumping to conclusions about our spouse? Here we go. Number one, assume the best intent in your partner. Assume the best intent in your partner. I think assuming the best intent in your partner really does two simple things. First of all, it protects your heart. And then secondly, it helps color your spouse in a very positive way. So let's break that down a little bit. Assuming the best, it protects your heart. When you assume the worst, what that does is it really makes your heart very raw and susceptible to anger and fear. When our heart does not have protection, it seems like that our heart always wants to go either into fear or anger. It's defense mechanisms. And that happens when our heart is really exposed. And so when we assume the best in our partner, what that does is it positions us to be a, have a guarded heart so that we're not going toward negative or toward things that are toxic. It doesn't mean that we don't look at reality. It doesn't mean that we live like life idealistic and we don't see things for what they are, but it does help us to assume the best in your partner. Listen, this is what you want from your spouse. This is what your spouse wants from you. 
So it not only helps protect our hearts, but it helps us to really see our spouse in a positive light. Because when you don't assume the best, you are automatically thinking that your spouse is malicious, that they are hateful or spiteful. They're angry. They are going to be vindictive. Uh, we, we colored them in a very negative light. And, and listen, we don't want that for us and we shouldn't give that to them. Now, you may be going through some problems in your marriage for which trust is broken. Let me say this, that I believe in forgiveness in marriage, but trust, I do think we need that, but trust is not immediate like forgiveness. We have to build it over time. And maybe you're, maybe you're in a place where trust has been breached. This is something that will actually help you regain and start building trust is assuming the best. And that way, when you go into the situation, instead of being riled up by the storylines that you built up on why things weren't taken care of, why this wasn't completed, why this task had not even begun, instead of building up that storyline, walk into it assuming the best in your partner because you might not have all of the facts together. And that leads me to number two assess the situation. You assume the best in your partner and you assess the situation. So so look at what's going on and begin to figure out, okay, what what are the details that I might not know? What are the exact details? And let me give you like a prime example is I remember my wife every once in a while, she will kind of talk through her morning with me. If we're up at the same time and we have each other's attention, sometimes in the morning, she will break down everything that she wants to do that day. She is a, she's a verbal processor. I'm the internal processor. She likes to say things out loud to talk about her day. And so sometimes I'll hear about her day's goals. And I remember when the kids were little and would come home and none of those goals were done. And immediately I could assume the worst intent in the partner who told me what her goals are and they're not even started, but I can walk in and I can see by how the kids are acting. I can see just in the look on her face that she has had a tough day. And on top of that, I don't know who's called her. I don't know if there's anybody because we were in youth ministry. I don't know if any students have shown up at the house, if any parents showed up at the house to talk with her, to get some wisdom and some counsel. So she may have had plans and goals that she verbalized. But when I got home, the last thing she wants to hear from me is, why didn't you get all that stuff done? She needed me to assess the situation and begin to see that sometimes life throws curveballs at us. And if we've got a spouse that won't assume the best and refuses to assess the actual situation, then those conclusions are going to become cancerous to our relationship. And that leads me to number three. Remember that this instinct is hard to break from. I believe all of us humans, we have this nature in us that wants to lean toward the negative and wants to keep jumping to conclusions. And so you have to remember this number three. This is hard to break from. So that's why you've got to exercise patience. You have to be intentional about being patient. You have to be intentional about being a better listener. In fact, I would say you need to be three times the listener than you are the talker. And then thirdly, begin to communicate and talk things through. It could be, it could be that your spouse forgot. It could be that they got a curveball that day and something couldn't get done. It could be something happened with the kids. It could be this, it could be that. 
But instead of being reactionary, remember, we, this is a hard instinct to break from that we have to exercise patience, we have to be a listener, and we have to be willing to have calm communication and walk through the situation itself. See, when it comes to our patience and when it comes to listening, I think of it this way. There was a survival show that I had watched years ago. My son and I used to watch a lot of survival shows. I remember his name is Les Stroud. Les Stroud said this. He says, when you're getting firewood ready for the evening, you have an evening of survival. He says, whatever you think you need for that night to keep yourself warm, triple it. Not double it, triple it. And he says, why? Because you always need three times more than what you think you actually need for that moment. Why am I saying this? Because when it comes to your patience and your listening as a part of this tactic of dealing with jumping to conclusions, whatever the amount of patience and listening you think you need, triple it. And when you do that, you're actually going to understand the heart of your spouse. You're going to be able to help assess the situation, and then now you can develop some greater expectations for whatever is next for the marriage. So how do we not jump to conclusions? We assume the best, we assess the situation, and we remind ourselves this is not an easy instinct to break away from. So we've got to exercise patience, we've got to be a good listener, and we've got to dive into really good communication to bring us back together. That's all I've got. Thanks for joining me for Marriage Monday. Sit with your spouse, talk with your spouse, maybe even repent with your spouse about this issue of jumping to conclusions. God bless. Have a great week.